0: Chomp is a little bit like
1: finds Gallagher again and then goes for the return into the penalty area of Innings. back across it's a shot by Perrington Navisar with a header Say that's offside don't know who was offside it's but Navisar. the flag went up it's Navisar great one too good football from Charlton but no end result unfortunately for because of the lines with his flag He's got space to run into. Simpson, ball into Grant, but it's cleared away by Solly. All straight to Simpson, back out to Haddish and He's going to take on Solly, corner of the penalty area, towards the touchline now. Ball back across. Oh, it's Staley with a finish. Cruel luck on Charlton. Huddersfield in a minute and a half into added time have probably sealed this. This game should have just peered out to a draw. I have to say, it's a mistake that's come from probably, up until now, the best player on the pitch, Chris Solly. Forward he goes, towards, there is the final whistle. And Charlton have lost this in utterly painful circumstances.
2: So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you live. From the valley, my name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here, in Sc7, as we get ready to look back at that devastating home defeat against Huddersfield Town on Tuesday, and look ahead to Friday evening's home game uh, with Hull City. Uh, sitting opposite me here in the studio is Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom?
3: All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A
2: little bit down. A little bit These down. A little bit down in the dumps. But just starting being, to
3: yeah catch up with me now. Twenty-four
2: I mean. hours from now, we could be we could be back on the winning trail, and that's Fingers where crossed. We, that's where we want to find ourselves because we were beaten at home on Tuesday evening. Uh, we're going to discuss that game on this evening's pod We're going to hear Lee Bayer's uh, reaction uh, To that game uh, We've got a couple of tweets and emails in it, on it as well There's a, an update on the takeover from Lee Bayer today So we'll hear that uh, Then we're going to hear from midfielder Darren Prattley um, As we start to look ahead to the, the whole game uh, Friday evening's game uh, And then Bayer will give us the update On the old uh, injury front as well Because that is a regular feature on this show Because we are ravaged uh, by injury So uh, we just heard the uh goals, uh one of which counted, one of which didn't, Tom. Um I mean quite annoying that we've got done by an offside goal situation mm. again because if we if we'd some if if we ground out the scrappiest of one nils in that game, uh having performed pretty average if at best throughout the ninety minutes, I would have gone home absolutely delighted because we desperately need something to go our way and if it if if that had gone our way you would have had no complaints from me. In the end, it didn't. And just to top
3: it off, we went down the other end and conceded. Yeah, it was... Um, I'd have been exactly the same. It would have been an absolute robbery, I think, for us to to take that win. But I think you could argue the same for them as well. Um, I'm going to temper a lot of what I say tonight with the fact that we've got all these injuries and we had to have a young squad out there and all of those things we've spoken about in recent weeks. But again, for me, the performance wasn't good enough. Um, and I think we're just getting to that stage of this run now where, you know, every week that goes past, we've kind of said, you know, at what stage is this a bad run? Well, it is now. Um, you know, this is, what, nine without a win. And we said last week, we just, and I think possibly even the week before, we just need something to go away. And as you say, it was it was another thing that went against us. And as I said to you just off air, if, if that had counted and we'd gone on to win one nil, it would have been absolute robbery. But at the same time, it is a legitimate goal that's been cancelled out, and we do have to bear that in mind. Um, but yeah, it was just another flat performance. And I think it was today Boyer has come out and said there's no lack of confidence in the side. But that's how it looked to me. I know, again, that the personnel is different, and we've got youngsters in there, and, and we've got this injury crisis. But they just don't look to be anywhere near as confident as they have been. And maybe that is just down to the people we've got in. I'm not really sure. But we just don't look ourselves and haven't looked ourselves for a little while now uh, and that's that's the concern for me because the early part of this run where we were still losing games I thought we'd been all right and we still haven't been you know heavily beaten as we've said in recent weeks but Performance against Middlesbrough was nowhere near good enough and I didn't think Tuesday was either. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's look at the, the stand-up moments then. So first of all, that disallowed goal uh, for Charlton. So it was, it was a great run actually down the left-hand side from Vennings, mm. one of those youngsters who's come in and you know had to try and make something happen way too early for them. But I thought, yeah. he, did, I thought he actually did okay on, on, on Tuesday when he when he came in. He got in behind, pulled it back to Purrington. Purrington's shot, deflects up into the air, saw heads it. This directs it back in towards the centre of the goal. I don't, it, it would have gone in anyway, but I think Taylor just touched it over the line. Now, um, the flag's already up by the time it, it's hit SARS, so no mm. one's really going crazy oh here we go it's a goal yeah, excellent yeah. stuff but when you watch it back now and I've slowed this down so many times because it is tight and I can see how the, how the linos made that decision I'm not really here to slag off the liner because it was a tough one uh, as Permanent goes to take the shot the, the last defender is running forward but I've slowed it down on my phone a million times and I've put out on, 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 on Twitter uh, some screenshots that, that someone put on Facebook and it shows the exact moment of impact at the exact moment of impact Nabisar's onside now when the balls maybe moved a yard away from Perrington's foot, Naby Sarr is offside, so that 's how the mistake has happened. I understand that um so like i said so i 'm not really going to slag off the lino, but as a team that needs some luck, you just wish you just
3: wish that something fell our way there and and it is so hugely frustrating, yeah, you almost feel if that had happened two months ago, that exact same passage of play, the goal probably would have stood it 's just the run we 're in at the moment that things aren 't going our way um and I'm with you. Uh the ref- uh, the linesman, sorry, put his flag up very early, so you know, all of us in the north lower we just about to celebrate and the whistle had gone before the ball had even gone in the back of the net. But I wonder I don't know, because of the nature of what happened, as you say, a second or a millisecond after Perrington hits the ball, Saar's offside. So I don't think if the linesman had given himself more time to have a think about it, it would have made any difference because the longer that passage of play happens, the more Saar looks offside. So it, it is just one of them things. It, you Probably the way things are going, if we'd had VAR, they would have found out that actually Sars' little toe was offside anyway. So it, it's just so frustrating because, as we, I think we both will admit, we probably didn't deserve to win that game. We're, we're not in a good run at the moment, but we just need anything to happen. And, and that was our chance. Um, as you said, Vennings, I, I thought actually he looked very out of his depth and again, absolutely no disrespect to him. Um, Given the position he's had to go in, but that was a little brilliant moment of play from him to to start that move off, and it was perhaps the one little moment in that second half really we had because I think uh, Lockyer had a shot that went way over the bar. Holly had one that was blocked, but yeah, I apart think from that, chance was probably the best. one. That yeah. was probably the best, and then and then this one, and that was the only other time I could really feel the crowd making any kind of atmosphere and thinking there might be a chance and. As you say, when the flag then goes up and that gets ruled out, you just know it's not going to be your day. And mm. I said to you just off air there, and me and Naif said it when we were walking away from the ground on Tuesday, that from about 60, 70 minutes, we just knew that goal was coming. Uh, and it was just obviously a sucker punch to get yeah. it as late as it did, but it just felt like one of those games.
2: And in the manner it came as well, it came, it came from a mistake from a, a Solly who had a pretty, pretty decent game. Uh, just one hit clearance and then all of a sudden... You know, Huddersfield are able to work it down that left hand side, get into the middle. Matty Daly. I mean, just to sum up how things are going. He's 18. I think he's on one of his first appearances Played in the championship game, as well. So he, he's the one to sweep it home, um, and it, it's it just added added to it. But you're right. I, I think you're right in saying it. I mean, it, it it did to me feel like there was only going to be one winner in that game, and unfortunately, that wasn't us. Um, I I spent the ninety, I spent the first half just thinking, please let's just get through to whatever time Lyle can come on still at 0-0 mm. and see if we can get into that game, and we did. Yeah. Um. Thanks to Dylan in, in a big way because he made two or three decent saves. Um. And Lyle coming on maybe last twenty minutes. That's when we did see that chance for Solly. Maybe there was the slightest. Of uh, uplifts in performance and, and uplifting intent going forward, but there's still a, there still were there were just mistakes, and and we're starting to look a tired a tired team now, which which probably is no surprise considering the personnel situation.
3: Yeah, I said I temper everything I say by by the fact that we have got those injuries. So again, I don't want to sound necessarily like I'm criticising what's going on because I, I have a lot of sympathy with what Bowyer's having to deal with and what those players are having to go through, but on the face of it that performance wasn't good enough and I think that first half for me was one of the most boring 45 minutes of football I've ever sat through. Second half had a little bit more intensity but I agree with you, I think that intensity primarily came from Huddersfield and Boyer came out after the game, I think, I don't know if we're going to hear it, but basically said that he felt there was only one winner and I agree, but I thought the one winner was going to be Huddersfield and he seemed to think it was us. Um, it was a strange sort of sort of press conference for me after the game because he's not one to usually come up with excuses or kind of act like that but to me it seemed it was completely understandable that Huddersfield went on to win that game but um, yeah the the intensity did improve in the second half as I say and we, and we showed a little bit by those chances but again there were only half chances, that Purrington one obviously takes a deflection, loops up the Solly one, it's a great block from the Huddersfield defender in fairness and then that Lockyer one from 30 yards obviously there's nothing really, didn't harm the goalkeeper so yeah I, I think if we'd have got out a point of there. Probably. We said, I think, again, walking away from the ground, I'm not sure Huddersfield deserved to win that game either, but the run we we're on, it's just going to happen, isn't it? And that's another one that's just late on. And, and again, I think it goes back to your point there about the players being tired. We've conceded quite a lot of late goals recently and, and it's got to be down to that because the players like, not just your Alfie Doherty's and your Vennings and all of those players, but even the more senior players, they're having to play a lot of football at the moment and you can't rotate at all because of the injuries we've got. And think maybe we again we were saying on on Tuesday that someone like Albie Morgan you'd expect him to come on but is probably resting him because he's got to start him tomorrow night so uh, it's just the run that we're in we do need that bit of luck it's going to come at some point there's you know we're not going to go through the rest of the season without getting anything it's just about when that happens
2: mm, yeah I mean we saw in that second half Lyle Taylor was out there warming up for quite mm. a long spell of it and uh, Bowie was saying to me after that you know he he, he was trying to temper how late he brought him on because he had to bring him on so early against Middlesbrough. It was a case of, well, I'm going to have to rest him a little bit longer now because I want to have, be able to use him Friday. Now, he was hoping he wouldn't start, have to bring him on at all. He was hoping we'd get into a lead. But yeah. you could just see he was getting desperate. We needed something to stick up top. Um, and and that's the situation we're in at the moment. We just don't have the opportunities from the bench, or at least for as long as we'd like, to, to make changes that are going to go and affect the
3: game. In the way that Baya wants, I think for me and the difficulty is that even when Lyle came on, as you say, we improved slightly. But for me, the issue isn't the the forwards that are on there. Okay, Leco again was a little bit frustrating, but on the whole, the the issue is the midfield Um, because there's no link up play to the to the forwards. How many times were Bon or Leco or even Lyle in a position where they could have a decent shot on goal? It just didn't happen. And you look back to some of the goals we've scored in the, the past few weeks, even when Taylor's been out. They've been quick passing moves through the likes of Ozzie or Johnny Williams, slotting balls in to one of those players and, and taking those shots early on. And they're where the chances are. And it's all right for Macaulay or, or Jonathan or Lyle to get in those positions now. But we haven't got a key player in the middle who's able to thread those passes through. So I think, look, we've got to be careful with Lyle. And what Boya said after the game is right. You could hear the frustration from the fans. Lyle was warming up, I think, just to remind Bose how much he wanted to come on. Bose obviously wanted to bring him on, but we do have to be careful with him because he breaks down again and we're in even more trouble for even longer. But for me, and I'm sure I'm not alone in saying this, that that midfield is is the issue at the moment because you you are having to play players that just shouldn't be out there for us at this stage in their career. Uh, And again, that's absolutely no disrespect to them because on the whole, their performances, for what they're having to go through, uh, have been really, really good. But, you know, they're not Johnny Williams, they're not Erhan Oztema they're not Josh Cullen. And those three in particular, just the void that they're leaving it is just absolutely massive and, and so clear for everybody to see. And it just feels like we've been a bit found out at the moment. And until those players come back, we've got to find a way of just being a little bit more solid and, and also having that transfer up to the forwards a little bit more quickly.
2: Concerned at all? Six points about the drop zone. lot, mm-hmm. Losing to teams below us recently, Huddersfield, Borough, Luton, Wigan. Um, I mean, I still stand by my five wins and seven draws will do it. I still think we can achieve that. But you know, the pressure intensifies every time you get closer to that to that relegation zone. And if we if we drop, you know, if we get beaten again tomorrow, and then one out of of you know Stoke or, or we can go and get a result, then it'll be even closer.
3: At the risk of you clipping this at the end of the season, I don't think we're going to go down still. Um because we've shown with a full squad and a a fit squad that we're we're absolutely fine in this league. Uh, I think the top six was a little bit, you know, I think we were playing a a little bit above our weight then, but I think we're more than comfortable as a mid-table side personally. Um, So I'm not worried about relegation at all. It's just a case of getting those players back and getting that first win. And when we do, we'll go on a run and and we'll be absolutely fine. Uh, And even if we finish 18th, 19th, I'll count that as fine. Mm. Um, But it's just about getting those players back now and I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about the takeover tonight, but if that can happen over the next few weeks, if that can happen ahead of January, that will be huge as well. Um, Because, yeah, you look at the the sides we've beaten, you look at the way we've played in the early part of the season, we're more than good enough to finish higher up than we are. I think we're probably, uh, again, I know Bo mentioned it, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or today, but we're probably around or slightly above where people maybe would have hoped before the season anyway. So for me, no, I'm not particularly worried. I'm just fed up of losing and want that win as soon as possible, really.
2: Mm, Yeah. Um, Stoke v. Reading and Wigan versus Huddersfield both this weekend. So at least two teams below us will be uh, picking up points to to, to catch up uh, with us. I mean, again, we've talked so much about the injuries and... Uh, we're going to hear from Darren Prattley later on in the show saying we can't use it as an excuse. But mm. to 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 a level, I mean, we we've seen how we play football when we've got our team, our full team together. We we play a completely different style, a more confident style of football, passing it on the floor. You know, the Middlesbrough game last Saturday and, and on Tuesday, particularly in the first half, we could barely string passes together. Uh, it didn't help again that the the lack of uh, numbers in the midfield to to play the formation that perhaps would have suited the game a bit better. Um, so we obviously we can 't use that as an excuse too much because we know we can do better if you look at the the lights of the West Brom game or the Fulham game where mm. there were still injuries, but we played a lot better um, but i do there, there must there must be something to say for the fact that it 's catching up with us now and yeah. and there 's just a lack of opportunities to try something different
3: absolutely and whether you want to use the word excuse or reason or rationale or whatever the the word is that people want to use it 's a a massive factor in recent results you 've got Look at the midfield we had on, on Tuesday. Now, Conor Gallagher started this season unbelievably well and is, is a kid that looks like the world is his oyster. But he's still very young. Darren Prattley is at the other end of his career. And yes, we've said he can run forever, but he's had to play so many games recently. And then Alfie Dougherty, who's played about, what, three, four games of professional football ever. That's our midfield. If you look at that, it's no wonder that other teams' midfields, a midfield last year that were in the Premier League, are able to run through that. And, and that's of no fault to any of those players, but... You stick a Josh Cullen behind them and a Johnny Williams in front of Colin Gallagher, he's going to be a completely different player because, as you just said then, that confidence just breeds through them. So the injuries are an issue. There's no hiding place from it. And and if Bowyer was coming out and just moaning and blaming the injuries, you know, in a way that other managers might have done, I think it would be different. But he's not necessarily saying it in that way. And I mentioned it the other week as well. The way that he explains or kind of goes through how a defeat happened and he does obviously mention the injuries because they're a factor but the way he says it he, do, he doesn't look like he's trying to pass the buck he's saying "Look, this is what we've got to deal with but credit to my players and again I go back to what I said right at the start of the show I'm not here to blame people like Alfie Dougherty because I'm just glad we're able to to put a side out there um, it's ju- it's just something that's a reality at the moment and, and until those players come back I don't think it's really fair to judge Boyer because I know there's a few fans on Tuesday starting to call for him. I don't think it's fair to start having a go at the players yet. You can tell they're putting everything in. They're just knackered, and a lot of them are a little bit out of their depth at the moment. Mm. And and I don't think that's necessarily their fault.
2: Yeah, I remember at the start of the season, early on in the season, Boyer said he spoke to Tony Mowbray. Obviously, we played Blackburn Rovers on the first mm. day of the season. Yeah. Tony's words of advice to, to, to Lee Boyer was, you know, make sure you have a squad, not just a team. Uh, and Boyer made sure he went out and built upon that. And, you right. know, to the extent that he could, but even now, with I mean, an unbelievable injury crisis is catching up uh, with him. Right, let's have a listen to what the channel manager did have to say uh, after uh, the defeat against Huddersfield on Tuesday. Feels like he's had to repeat himself quite a lot uh, over the course of the last few weeks.
4: Said that a lot recently. Tough one to take. Uh, um, the players give everything, you know, like they're doing that dressing room there. They. They're devastated, and to to come away with nothing is is hard to take Um, because they put so much into it effort, commitment, will to win, you know, pushing yourself that extra yard. And they gave all that, and then again, it comes down to officials' decisions. Um, Cost us again. I don't know how many times that's happened. Recently Well Saturday for one uh, That was offside um, Their goal Luton Two there Today there's four goals It's just It's just costing us You know um, Maybe Sar's on site It's blatant as blatant as can be They said Oh it came from the flick I think that they fought When Ben Puritan And shot Low then flicked it up in the air and then Nabby was the wrong side. That wasn't the case. Pampera and shot. It's hit their fella's foot. When and then it's gone up into the air to Nabby. Lowell's not touched it in between Ben and Nabby. Um so as Ben shot, Nabby is on side. So this, this again, it's this tough like I dunno if, if I can just keep saying I, it's the hardest job for for officials, but it's costing us. It's costing us a lot.
1: There's a history, I guess, of teams when they're uh, when they're struggling, when you, when you're trying to catch a break, uh, when uh, you know you're on a run that uh, where well, you need the win, um, you just don't get those breaks. I mean, you, we're just looking for for the odd break. Even even the goal when it came, you know, uh, mistake to, from a player who'd been outstanding all night, then went through his legs, could have gone to anywhere, went straight to their player who, who didn't, uh, uh, well, couldn't have missed, I suppose. But uh, breaks just not
4: coming our way. No, but all these things will make us stronger, um, I believe that, we're all getting tested in different ways here, um, myself included there, I'm, I'm finding that who will dig deep and, and, and fight and, and go to the extra yard, I'm, I'm finding that who doesn't do the right things at the right times, which can cost you as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm learning from from this situation that I'm in because I would love to be able to make changes for 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 Friday, but that ain't the case because there is no one to put on um, to, to freshen up with. So the, the, the group have to go again. Um, and it's harsh on them you know because it's what two days and then you're playing again <laughs> it's frightening but yeah and, and then with all the injuries we've got it, like, you've got more chance of getting more injuries because they, they, their recovery is so short before the next game it's asking them to go again after the effort they've just put tonight what, 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 what more do you want you know like, from a personal point of view obviously when you came
1: into your management career uh, you experienced uh, some decent highs, obviously culminating in Wembley and, and 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 the promotion. Did you think to yourself, as it was in the back of your mind, is that there's going to be some tough times uh, in management, and uh, you knew this at some point will come?
4: Yeah, of course. But like I said, it makes you stronger and you learn. And I, I'm learning valuable things. Um, so yeah, I, I knew this time would come. It's never never going to be straightforward. So, uh, but the most important thing is is that we, we all move forward together and we all learn together. And But once I had all my tools, I and mean, even most of them, we were a good side. So we're, we're still a good side, but it's just a bit more difficult at the moment. Nothing's changed. We've still got all them players, and, and they will come back. And um, I, I have no doubt that once they do, then... We we'll start picking up points again because we're still not like. Look, we're just lost in injury time here, and and, and against a team that comes from the Premiership with all them injuries, like so. Sheffield Wednesday was saying, same. Cardiff same, like top sides, top sides, and and we're competing with with all them at. So once we get them back, we'll be we'll be fine.
5: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinns.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen, trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bauer's there. Pisses there. Bauer with a header. And it's done. Yes! Oh, it's Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Oh! Dream, Charlton's gone! With
2: seconds remaining! We've done it too! Get in! Come on! What a time no, to be a hero. here, at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word!
1: Charlton Live!
2: Talking about This is Charlton Live, the big match preview. Looking ahead to the game uh, on Friday evening with Hull. Uh, shortly, we've got a few comments about the defeat against uh, Huddersfield on, uh, on Tuesday. David Nichols said, I hate Tuesday night games. Uh, Sickening and tired legs uh, from Solly uh, to blame uh, in the build-up to the goal. Nothing seems to be going our way at the moment, but we didn't deserve to lose. Uh, poor game. Uh, and a draw would have been fair ev said i don't normally respond straight after games but for goodness sake we were hopeless i know the lads out there gave it their all uh, but i'm afraid to say they just don't cut it unless we get a morale boosting win before the january sales then we may just be in a bottom league uh, survival battle but i'm ev james and i'm confident we'll turn it around it's not quite uh it's not quite half time in the season uh, but we look so weary and out of energy i'll be keeping my faith and you know what i still believe in my prediction ev of course famously predicting that we're going to be going to the uh to the playoff final. Mitch uh, says, uh, after the Terriers game, it was hard to keep the grins going. Uh, So I watched Lee's pitch side interview from May. All these proud people can come on a journey. It's been a fun journey mostly, so let's keep the pride and enjoy the ride. Uh, Stephen says, only one message needed at the moment. These are hard times, uh, but we will only get through by... Uh, staying behind the lads if we have a good atmosphere and we get the players back and investment in January uh, then we're building strength it's the belief that has gone uh, it will not matter hi guys this is from Phil uh, another awful performance on Tuesday complete lack of any creativity but what can Bo do right now with what he's got not much uh, the takeover is essential if we're to stay up in the championship too many of our squad are just not good enough uh, the of the starting 11 takeaway sentiment and loans and only Philip and Lockyer are good enough um, add Taylor and Williams and that's a lot of rebuilding that needs to be done when the injured players come back uh, perhaps three or four good additions in January I think we'll finish above the drop Uh, much to be done and then finally Mike so a long one it says uh, I have to state i 'm very much a Lee Bowyer fan, so i 'm not suggesting that we look for another manager another any changes on the managerial front, but I feel that Lee got it wrong on Tuesday, five at the back with Dylan Phillips oh, sorry with Darren Prattley uh, frequently dropping at times, made our back line six strong, that just left two in midfield and two out front we 're being overrun in midfield with large portions. Uh, of the game a passing uh, wasn't good enough Uh, Mike continues to say uh, and said he he said he was worried that that was the situation with only 20 to 30 minutes on the clock Uh, was really surprised when we came out unchanged at the start of the second half Um, and uh, we had midfield options on the bench Uh, to relieve the overrun midfield. Uh, Lee Bayer's comments after the game did not seem to correlate with what I had just watched. We were not undeserving of the final result. Possibly a draw would have been fairer, but I had no complaints at a 0-1 loss considering uh, we were the home side. Yes, I mean, mean, Mike's not suggesting a a changing manager at all, but I mean, there was just one or two floating around. I've seen... Don't forget, Twitter is like the cesspit of the (laughs) world. Especially at full time. Which is why I love it. But um, I I spend most of my day on there. But um, you tend... you see one or two. I mean, you can't watch these performances without being disappointed. In the last couple of weeks, but you have to understand what's going on here. I mean, Bayer said himself, he's like a plumber turning out without his tools, yeah. and it can't. He, he he must be so frustrated because we know what a Lee Boyer side can do. We've seen Lee Boyer turn around difficult situations before. Don't forget when he first came in, we hadn't won in five games and we were five points outside the playoffs or something like that. He turned it around. We got in the playoffs. We even lost games in that run, and he turned it around. Uh, last season we had a horrible situation at the start of January where we'd just lost Carlin, we had Taylor out, we went four games without winning, he turned it on, he found a way. You know, Lee Bowyer can turn around losing situations,
3: but his hands really are very much tied at the moment. Yeah, he he needs all the time he can get. He needs that new contract, first of all, because that will show faith in him and then he needs backing. We've said that pretty much ever since he came in and we've said that about the majority of managers that have been here. I, I fully believe he's capable of doing the job that we need him to do uh, which for me is stabilising as a championship club certainly over the next few years he's proven that he can do that with limited resources you tell me any manager that could get a, a better performance out of players that are exhausted and at that stage of their career as we could have done on Tuesday night now those players out there maybe could have had a, a better performance because I'm sure a lot of them came off that pitch saying I could have done a little bit better but that's not down to Boyer at all he's yeah got both hands both feet tied behind his back at the moment and He's just trying to get, basically at the moment, get players out there to fulfil our fixtures. I, um,
2: I think we need to think about as well, with with the lack of bodies, it, it probably does affect the tactics that Lee Bay mm. wants to be able to play because... I mean, clearly on especially at Middlesbrough we were getting overrun in midfield and I don't think it was any different really on on Tuesday no. evening if we had the uh, different bodies and we could play a different formation and then we were started to pass the ball around quite nicely the morale's up you know you lift up you on, I mean that was horrible horrible weather on Tuesday as well you imagine you're standing out there in that torrential rain you can't pick a pass out because there's no one in midfield yeah yeah. I mean that must affect you after 20, 20 um, minutes yeah
3: going back to that tweet about it i think for me, the formation was twofold. Firstly, as you say, the midfield, we just haven't got anybody else. And I mentioned earlier in the show that you obviously got Albi Morgan on the bench and I think it was De Gios on the bench as well. But you've got to look at playing them on, on Friday because we've got so limited personnel at the moment. And then secondly, I think that three at the back, it looked to me like that was to counter the pace that that Huddersfield have up front and I actually thought that worked quite well because there are a few times where they looked to try and play the ball over the top. We know Carlin's capable of getting on the end of those but actually we marshalled that really well and as we said earlier on in the show it was just one sloppy mistake that cost us the goal so I thought we defended well and yeah again goes back to something we've spoken about on and off air. I think that at the moment he's setting up the only way it's possible to because of the players he's got. I don't think there's much more that he could do so we, as I said before, the problem for me is in the midfield. We need players back. We've got, what, six, seven injuries in that midfield now, and until two or three of them come back, he, he really hasn't got much option. So mm. I think he's just doing the best he can.
2: Yeah, well, Richard Justin is asking about one of the options. He says, what is the score with uh, Joe Ledley? So we saw he played the first half at, at oh. Middlesbrough. I mean, clearly, I mean that was his first game of football since January, I think. Um, he'd been without a club since January. I assumed he was playing towards the end of whatever mm. time he was at Derby. But, um, I mean, he... he certainly looks like a man who hadn't played a lot of football yeah. recently. He's only here till the end of the month to try and add some numbers. So I just wonder if Bose will be certainly thinking about using him on, on, on Friday. I see no reason why he wouldn't. Mm.
3: Um, yeah, so. I think Tuesday just came too quickly for yeah. him, for me. But yeah, you've got Gallagher and Pratley. Uh, I'd like Darity to get a rest if he can, but you've got Gallagher, Prattly, you've got Oshelaja if you need, you've got Ledley, you've got Morgan. So... There's five players. I know, again, Oshelage not necessarily midfielder, but you've got five players there that could play in that midfield and Darity as well, who has played in there, was kind of in there the last couple of games. So, yeah, for me, it's all about rotation and that's why those players didn't come on on Tuesday. Uh, as I say, for for Ledley, it was clearly just too soon for him, um, for someone who hasn't played for at all this season. But, um, yeah, that's the only option he's got, really.
2: Cool. So there is light at the end of the tunnel at the mm. moment with the takeover. Uh, situation, everyone's eager for, to find out what's going on, really. Because, uh, well, it was what, two weeks uh, on Friday, as in tomorrow, when since the announcement was made that uh, East Street Investments uh, have agreed to buy the club off Roland Du Chatelet. Of course, uh, you know, they have to get approval from the EFL, you have to go through that process the owners and directors test. It's called I've been reading up a bit on that uh, today to find out a little bit more about it, um, try and understand. But I remember when it, when it when it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were told that the process had actually started maybe two weeks before that. You, you'd say it can take about a month. It can take longer. It can be shorter. I mean, these things are notoriously difficult to predict how long uh, they're going to take. Uh, if an issue comes up, if the EFL have got something else to deal with, which, of course, they, they've they got a lot going on. Macclesfield, Sheffield Wednesday, plenty of other things going on at the moment as well. So hard to pinpoint exactly when it will happen. Uh, but, of course, everyone's getting eager because January is only around the corner. Uh, it's like Christmas for football fans isn't it January you get to see what, what players you're, you're going to be able to bring in uh, so of Lee Bay was asked about that in press day today uh, Bose uh, gives us the update said he's uh, due to sit down uh, with the potential new chairman Matt Southall uh, this evening uh, to find out a little bit more
4: I'm meeting Matt the potential new chairman tonight so have discussions tonight but I've not spoken to him personally. Not not since the announcement.
1: What's your understanding of talks to rubber stamp the deal
4: between the EFL and E Street Investments? Well, what everyone else knows, like I said, I've not spoken to anyone, so I'm just hearing what everyone's saying. That uh, now it's in the EFL the EFL's hands. So I know no more than anyone else. Um, I thought it might have happened by now because it was a while ago now that um, obviously the announcement was made that the club was taken over so uh, I'm surprised it hasn't been been done before now. A lot of supporters are saying it's all gone ominously quiet. Yeah, it seems that way, <laughs> that's how it seems to, to everybody so maybe the discussions I have tonight maybe I can get brought up to speed a bit on, on what's going on it's difficult at the moment because obviously January is coming up we need to know what's happening in January regarding budgets if we, if we have money to spend if we don't do we speak to Rulon like Rulon still owns the club he's still paying all the bills so uh, who do we speak to we, we, this is the the problems that we we're facing at the moment it's a lot of off the field things that are you can say disturbing things because we. I thought that it was taken over. Like that's that, that's what I thought would happen, that had happened, but obviously that's not the case at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's just difficult. Who do you speak to? Do, do, do we speak to maybe speak to Roland, speak to the new people? But I'm, I'm sure I'll uh, get more of an idea tonight what, what the situation is and, and what's happening moving forward. Are you going into that meeting with a load of questions to ask? Yeah. Um, I wasn't the one that asked for the meeting. uh, Matt has asked to to meet myself and Steve Gannon. So we will go there, open-minded, hopeful, and uh, just hope that um, we we can know what the situation is going to be. just, most importantly, get brought up to speed. So then, if it ain't going to happen for a while, then, then we know that we then have to speak to Roland. Um So, either way, I should get some answers tonight. So
2: there we go, Lippo, you talking to Tony Harding in press day today. Um, so, I mean, getting impatient, perhaps, as, as we all are, because we all want to know what's going to happen next. We all want to be in a position to know that we can go out and build upon... Our success that we've had, you know, last season at the start of this season, and try and help turn around this form. We don't want to be getting relegated back into League One after all the hard work that Bo went through last year. So we need to know where, as Bo said on the day, we need to know where we're shopping in January. Yeah, you know, where January sales? Where, where are we heading?
3: Fortnum and Masons with a bit of luck. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't he, know who do they play for. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah. It's look, it's annoying all of us, and we've waited for this for so long. Uh, that now we apparently know that it's happening. You know, the article went up on on the official site and how many times did we hear until it's on the official site? Then it went up on the official site and now we find out, well, actually, has (laughs) it happened? (laughs) Maybe it hasn't after all. So the longer it goes on, people are going to get a little bit nervous. I've got no inside knowledge, but I'm just fairly confident that the right things are being done in the background. It's just a case of the EFL Taking their time, which won't shock anybody. Um, but as we said just then, the, the closer it gets to January, the you know the more urgent it becomes. Because particularly if it is still going through, is Roland really going to want to spend anything in January? Um, and uh, another no, the new owners, obviously. yeah, <laughs> another new owners allowed to because they technically might not be owning the club at the time. So it's all a bit up in the air, really, and and that's obviously going to frustrate some people. And it only takes a little rumour. To just take off and suddenly everyone's Mm going to suggest or think it's fallen through, but because
2: Richard Corley tweeted this week that the interviews have gone through um i think there was some some chat about uh roland de Châtelet himself had to have an interview yeah. last week as well uh which we should mention so uh that, that sounds like progress i mean they've got to check a lot of things here so i was looking again i was looking through it today uh proof of funds needs to be there some sort of plan for for, for i think two years minimum uh for the club there, need, there needs to be all sorts of uh conflict of interest checks criminality checks you don't want to be getting in a criminal or something you know they got to check these people uh, and of course, I mean, Matt South will probably be easy enough to check because he's, he's in the country, he's, uh, you know, ha- had some some access to, to, to football before. And I mean, his excellency, Tanun Namir, might be slightly more difficult because he's the other side of the world. And uh, I'm, I dare say someone who's worth the amount of money that he's rumoured to be worth has probably got fingers in a lot of pies. So, you know, that's a lot of pies that they've they've got to go around checking. Symbolically, we have pies in the press room now, so I can see why they've done that. Yeah, clever.
3: <laughs> the, uh, yeah, client due diligence for, for anything just takes... Ages and ages and ages because you're yeah, yeah. There are there are anti money laundering checks. There are, as you say, conflicts of interest, uh, interest checks. There's so much background checks that have to go into checking. check The person who is buying the club is the person that's buying the club, and secondly, the funds they've got are legal and legitimate funds to be using to purchase that club. And that's not an easy process, as you say, particularly when the person's worth a billion trillion pounds or whatever it is he's worth. So. That is going to take some time. You'd hope, again, that the AFL are working on this as hard as they can, but I'll leave that to listeners to decide how much they think that's actually worth. But, you know, this is their responsibility now. It's over to them. If the interviews have taken place and the bid's been lodged, then it's up to them to say either, yes, they're fit and proper and they're going to come in, or they're not. And as we said, firstly, how important is the fit and proper person's test? Because it seems like anyone can pass it. But on the other side, if it is taking a while, to me that at least suggests that maybe they are making sure they get this right. Um, they, they I don't they know how to, much I want mean. to believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they do. You're absolutely right. They need to. And. Charter fans will be the quickest to turn on them if they haven't. So
2: that's a good thing, isn't it? Because it is so hard to get anything out of the EFL. We're all just writing our own little stories now as to as to what's going on and and trying to work it out. Let's hope. uh, I'm I'm sure it'd be positive, and and that's the main thing. Well, let's have a listen uh, to someone else who is always positive. In my opinion, Darren Prattley came to speak to the press. Uh, after the game against Huddersfield on Tuesday, the experienced midfielder, uh, he looks ahead to Friday's game with Hull uh, and uh, admits that the Addicts should be performing better and picking up better results in spite of the current uh, injury crisis.
5: Obviously, we don't want to make excuses. Um, I think the, the sides we've been putting out lately uh, have been good enough to get saying out of the games. They're not going to see here and make excuses. Obviously, everyone knows we've got loads out. Um, it's been tough. Um, but we have to keep grinding. We've had good times at this club, especially since I've been here in the last 18 months. Um, It's all been nice, it's been rosy, but there's two sides to football. Um, This is where you uh, you have to stick together. Um, I think we got booed today, rightly so. We wasn't good enough at home, but um, come Friday, it's a new game. Um, Fans and us need to stick together as a team uh, and get through this period. The Championship is a tough league. You lose a lot of games. Huddersfield, for example, were starting the season losing every week. Um, they seem to have turned it around a little bit. Um, we're going for a, a bad patch, but it's it's important that we stick together. We don't get in our groups and start blaming people. He's fought that, fought and all that. Just make sure we're focused and trying to stop the rival. i said the fans pay their money. They can say what they want as long as they respect us when we're leaving or when we're coming in. That's that's fair enough. Um, that they fought. Uh, it was right to boo, so fair enough. They paid their money; they're allowed to do that. Um, I don't. I think the team gave everything they can. Uh, obviously, it wasn't good enough today. But um, us as a team, we have to uh, be solid. We don't. We don't moan when we're getting praised and pat on the back and getting told how good we are. So we can't moan when we're getting told we're not good. Um, we're not good enough. So. Uh, like I said, the only positive we have got a game Friday and to try and put that. Um, right. I think yeah, I think losing games does affect confidence. No matter how bad people dress it up and say, oh no, it doesn't. Of course it does. When you're losing games, um, it, it's going to affect you. Um, but the boys, are still trying. Um, I don't think anyone's hiding. We're still trying to make things happen. It's not working for us at the moment, but that's when you have to stick together and try and grind out a result. And then once you get one result, um, normally it. it Goes on from there. He's a creative player and loves scores goals. So obviously, to have them back, we need them. They're, they're big players for us, um, international players So um, sooner we get everyone off that treatment table, the better. Um, but like I said, it's not an excuse. The boys that have come in have done well. Uh, Mac has scored five goals in whatever many games. Um, and the other boys that have come in have worked us just as hard. So uh, we have to stick together. It's a tough time at the moment, but. Um, like I said, the only yeah, every big game, game, game. game. Every game's a big game in a championship. Um, it's the next game, so the next game is the biggest game, uh, whether we win or lose. So, yeah, we need to end the run four or five games ago, three games ago, whatever. We need to end it every week. Um, we want to, we want to, um, we want to win every week, but uh, sometimes that's not possible. But yeah, to put a stop to the rock like you said, uh, a home game uh, against Hull, which was a good side as well. There's no turn up they're a good side. They score goals for fun. I think the boy. Is it Boeing or something? He scores every week, so it's going to be a, t- a tough game for us. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got to look forward to it and try and stop this rot.
2: So there we go. That was uh, Darren Prattley, um, voice of reason, isn't he? Yep. In, in the dressing room, we've always said that. To, to be fair, he brings that experience um, to yeah to, to the to, to the club and to the dressing room um but you know he says he says we can't use the injuries as an excuse but as a player if he comes out after every defeat and said well we're all injured there's nothing we can do about it obviously that would be the wrong thing to say um and also describes friday the next game is always the most important game and it is you know I, i i think this will be the fifth game in a row i'm probably gonna say we need to win now we we need to get a win and i've written off the other four already because we've lost so tomorrow friday night becomes massive for us and whatever happens I mean three points w- would be huge for us just to arrest the slide and you know what put a bit of breathing space between us before the other teams can have a chance to kick a ball on Saturday yeah
3: um, the minute that whistle goes on on Tuesday night there's nothing they can do they've lost 1-0 you can moan about the offside all you want you moan about the injuries you can bemoan the fact that it was a mistake that cost them the goal but the whistle's gone that's done so as players they have to put it behind them obviously as fans it's going to linger a little bit longer but as players they have to then go into training the next day and think right well what's the next one let's completely forget what's happened um and uh, as you said then Pratley is the sort of player that will do that you know he's had enough time around the uh these leagues in in English football to know that's how the game works and and he'll be back in there on Wednesday or Thursday whenever they went back into training and, and said look right on to the next one so yeah it's uh Times like this where it's good to have someone like him in there. Uh, again, I think Joe Ledley has been brought in for, for similar reasons as well as his ability. Um And yeah, it's now looking ahead to tomorrow night Um and what is, as you just said then, another huge game because I think I mentioned it at the start of the show, the longer we go without winning, the harder it feels like it becomes to get that win. And we will get it. It'll come uh, some way, one way or another, we will get that next win. But it's just... As I say, you're just dragging it out and the longer it goes on and when the takeover's then taking longer and the injuries seem to be dragging on, it just feels like we're in a little bit of purgatory at the moment. But yeah, Hull's a chance to put it right. That's the way they have to look at it. Um, And hopefully this time we actually can.
2: Mm, Yeah, so Hull's sitting 14th in the tables. Very much a mixed bag of results. I mean, they lost three... Of their last six, one, two, and a two-two and draw away at Middlesbrough, which, funny enough, I watched. I watched on the telly, and they were they were 2 0 down at half time. I think I remember that. Yeah, and uh, but Burrow had a had a chap sent off, and uh, they, they came back into it. Uh, Jared Bowen, I thought he got two that day, but I just noticed they' uh, well, one on here they're given one of the goals to Tom Eve, so I wonder uh, there was it was a deflected shot. So they must have given it to him. Um, so like I say, a mixed bag. I mean, in Jared Bowen as uh, uh, a. <laughs> As, uh, as 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 Prattley put it, the Bowen, I think his name is. Um, uh, he he does score pretty much every week. 14 goals so far. Um, he scored he scored uh, what five in 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 his last five games. I mean he he is obviously a, a threat. Um, as as there is there's always at least one major player in the championship in the
3: championship side, and he appears to be the one. Yeah, I don't think there's a single side we've looked at and not had a player that stood out, and you've gone, oh, I'm a bit worried about him. Um, and yeah it's a lot easier this week because you just look at the goal stats and they speak for themselves so yeah we're gonna have to be careful with him I think he tends to play over on the right hand side doesn't he so it's gonna be a tough game for Perrington, who I know has come into a little bit of criticism recently um, and whoever it is that that ends up playing in front of him so of course we need to be wary of him but you know you can't put too much focus on him because they've got plenty of other players that are a handful as well I know Eves hasn't goal scoring wise done that well this season but we know how difficult he can be uh, I want to say he got a hat trick against us at some point for Jules, did he? He certainly scored against us he plenty scored of against times. I don't think so, yeah, so he got a hat trick, yeah. Yeah, so we know he's a handful. Yeah, tried to um, sign him as well, but you admitted yeah, to it sounds like to name, blocked
2: it? by, well, without naming names, Thomas Dreiser, <laughs> but It sounds a bit, but I don't, yeah.
3: Yeah, who then tried to justify it by the fact he doesn't get goals. But look, yeah, yeah they're another good side. Obviously, been in the Premier League not that long ago. Um, and, you know, we could pretty much say the same about any of the teams we've played this season. Um, it's going to be another tough game. But, you know, Friday night, under the lights at the Valley, we've just got to hope that, you know, we can create a decent atmosphere and uh, whoever goes out there can hopefully put on a better performance than Tuesday. Because, as I say, despite everything that they've had to go through these players, Tuesday still wasn't a great performance and we have to admit
2: that. Yeah, last time we played at home on a Friday night, of course, Doncaster in the playoff semi-finals. Same manager, Grant McCann, made the move up to Hull City. Um, he'll be out for a bit of revenge, won't he? Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah uh, I can't. Can't cope with a game like that again, yeah. especially without the. It's uh, because we lost that. I was going to say yeah. no fallback of penalties this time <laughs> either. So, yeah, that was stressful, wasn't it? But no, it's. Um, I wonder whether that's had an effect on the players as well because I can't remember the last time we played on a Saturday at three o'clock at home. It's, it's crazy, it's, isn't it? It's been mad. It's, so it may
2: even be the derby game.
3: Actually. Yeah, so it, it has well, been a chat. while and. Our schedule's been so kind of all over the place. Um, uh, and again, I'm not going to use that as an excuse, but it's just another thing that's just a bit strange. Yeah, really,
2: yeah, so. it was, yeah, it was the Derby game. So I've, I've, I've solved the mystery. <laughs> we need go. to play Saturday three o'clock at home and then we'll win.
3: Bring it on. Yeah,
2: uh, excellent. Right, Lippo, uh, of course, uh, decided he was asked to look ahead to the game uh, today. Um, obviously his side is in a poor run was it nine games uh, without a win now Uh, but the addict's boss says he has to ensure that morale stays as high as is humanly possible
4: the most important thing for me then is to try and pick the lads up because they're they're rock bottom they're they're hurting you know they don't like losing games they're not used to losing games so um, and neither am I and this is most important thing we just keep battling and hopefully something will go our way have you detected any loss of confidence in your players? No. No, it's not loss of confidence, but when you just, you can't freshen it up and you can't change it like a Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, and you only have the same amount of bodies that you have and you can't freshen it up because you can't start Vennings. You can't start him. It's, it's not fair on him, you know. And, and bought him on the other night and I thought he'd done well done well for, it, for a kid that's never really played men's football before so um, but then that's your option you either stick with the same or you you start a Vennings or, or, or a young lad and, and it's it's not really fair on them you know because it is difficult it is difficult for us at the moment but trying to put out as many senior players as possible and um, because they're the ones that have been in situations Tough situations before in their career, so. But I will use the odd youngster. I have to. I have no choice. Body wise, I have no choice, but I try and limit that the best I can to look after that to, to, to the kid as well.
1: Could Johnny Williams and Sam Field be available to you on Saturday?
4: No. What this Saturday? Come in. We play Friday. R- Friday. <laughs> Thank you, <Paul>. yeah. uh, <laughs> No. Um, Sam Field will be back with us. I had a, a good conversation with their, with their sports science fella yesterday up in West Brom. He's a friend of mine, and he said, "Look, Lee, like Sam, he, he'd be back with you Wednesday." I've seen he sent me some of the videos. What they've been doing with him outside, and, and, and he looks he looks good. Um, obviously, can't just chuck him in there. you Go Sam down and start, but. At least we'll have a player that we can then start bedding in a bit like what we were doing with Lowell, what we're going to have to do with Johnny Williams um, but yeah hopefully they, they start coming back slowly but surely and, and then give us a, a, a better chance
1: And what about Lyle and Chuck and EK?
4: Lyle, Lyle will be involved the weekend uh, Friday he'll be involved he'll be in the squad again have to be careful with love can't be stupid with him and then if he breaks down and then he's out for another eight games then we'll all be kicking ourselves so we have to do things the right way with Lowell. i have to take the the, the advice from the the medical team um i would love there's no one more that, that would love to see lowell starting on on friday um but we have to be careful you know I, I want lowell back playing as soon as possible we missed him we've missed him even when he comes on for 20 minutes 30 minutes it, it, it makes a big difference for us you can see that in and out of possession So, but we have to do things the right way there's still 20 odd games to go this is a long way to go and, and let's be realistic we're ahead of schedule where everyone thought we would be now we're not in the bottom three we're competing in every game with half our squad at so um, once we started getting them back I've no doubt that we we will start winning games again because that's what we do. Has it become a huge dilemma for you whether you
1: bring a player back or rest them a little bit longer? Is it very, very difficult?
4: Yeah, because the automatic thing, you want to just say, go and play. got Go and start now, like you're back from injury and then go and play. But then the problems we've had, if you've seen, some of the players have come back, but to put them on off the bench like a Chucks in AK, and then played him for 10 minutes, and then he's broken down. So, but that shouldn't be happening. You're either fit or you're not. Um, so can you imagine if you do just chuck him in and, and, and start him and play him for an hour or 70 minutes, then they break down straight away. So it's, it's just trying to do things the right way. Obviously the medical staff, they, they advise me the best way to go about things. Um, but sometimes they get it wrong as well. When, Chatsunike is one of them that at the moment things have been going wrong for him and, and which is hurting us
2: that's Libo looking ahead to Friday's home game with uh, Hull City uh, it's such a balancing act he has to do with uh, bringing the players back in you know you you, you, you're you tempted because you've got injuries elsewhere and you want to rest someone else and you rush someone back and then all of a sudden they can aggravate that injury or get another injury because they're not ready to, to play. And obviously that's the situation with Chucks. Uh, that could be the situation with Lyle Taylor if he doesn't play that carefully. And you last, the absolutely last thing you want is Lyle starting the game tomorrow and going down after half an hour with a with a muscle injury that keeps him out for another four weeks.
3: That's the dilemma Bowie's got. Do you play him and risk that but know that he there's a good chance he's your best bet of getting a goal or do you put him on the bench hope the other players around can get us into a lead where you don't need to even bring him on at all it's it's a balancing act it's the act that you know that's the decisions that Boyer gets paid to make Uh, for me I I thought earlier in the week that Lyle would probably start tomorrow but from the way Boyer's talking I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the bench maybe just give him an extra week and and then look to start him at QPR because as I said, McCauley and Jonathan Lecco have done okay. The, the difficulty with those two really is the, the linking play between midfield. So maybe you just set up a little bit differently in your midfield and look to try and get the ball into them because Bond's got us a lot of goals. Lecko's weighed in with, with a fair few goals over recent weeks as well. So it's not like we haven't got goals in the team between those two and, and Conor Gallagher, so... It's not all or nothing if Lyle plays for me. It's more about once that team are out there, firstly, how they're set up and secondly, how we can get that ball from the back third up and into the players, the dangerous players, rather than giving it to them on the halfway line because they're not much good there. So yeah, that that for me is the big challenge. Yeah, well, one, one
2: player who can certainly provide that link between the, the midfield and the strikers and of course Johnny Williams. Now sort of, it's a bit, bit weird because he was asked about it but he didn't really talk about it in that yeah. in that. Interview there, but I only hope it's because he got distracted talk about Sam field, but uh, I asked him I asked by on tuesday and and uh, Johnny was still very much on track to be part of the squad. Uh, tomorrow and maybe get a few minutes off the bench I mean again hopefully we'll we'll get to 20 minutes from time we'll be 10 nil up so we don't need to to, to yeah. waste him and we'll save him for, for, for QPR but um, if we are looking for a goal which I'll be honest is probably more likely uh, going into the final 20 yeah. minutes and we can bring him on we can ease him back in and we can get him to run at tired defenders and do his thing then I mean that that could be a huge lift because I mean Taylor's been a massive miss. Cullen is a huge miss as well. But a John, uh, Johnny Williams or an Aaron Norstummer, and Johnny Williams is probably the slightly better player, I mean, that, that's
3: the sort of man we've been missing over the last couple of weeks. I was saying to the guys that were sat next to on Tuesday that I think the last game we won was when Johnny Williams' last game, and I don't think we've won since. So it's Derby, yeah. Yeah, um, look, him and Cullen between them. As I've said three or four times this show, it's the midfield that's at the moment where we've got the real problems, and Cullen and Johnny Williams are top end of this league possibly bottom end of the premier league level players um and johnny williams can change a game he's that link man he's everything at the moment needs to go through him now should we be reliant on that one player that's a different question but at the moment i think results pretty much show that we are um like you it's either that he kind of got distracted by those other injuries or perhaps he just was trying to keep it a bit under the radar and just not mention it and hope to get away with it but even if he was just on the bench tomorrow. Again, you saw the difference it made just to the atmosphere in the crowd with having Lyle around. If Johnny Williams is on the bench tomorrow, even if we are 2-0 up or something, just throw him on for the last 10 minutes, get him, as you said, running at tired defenders. More so than Lyle, my only concern with Johnny is obviously his injury record, first of all, but secondly, his style of play, just he draws fouls all the time. And when you've got an injury record plus that sort of that sort of style of play... It's like he's got a tiger on his back. Yeah, it? yeah. It, that's my concern. Um, is what will happen then, but um yeah, I just well, you know how much I love him i just can 't wait mm-hmm. to see him back in the side
2: yeah. and normally normally when we get to this this part of the show i'd start ask you like, who's going to come in then and what what are the changes yeah. we're going to make there are very there's very little room for maneuver I mean Matthews for Solly could be one or Shilaja can squirt can fit in anywhere it depends what sort of formation Bay is going to try and play. Albie Morgan could come into the midfield possibly. Ledley's there on the bench as well. So there, there's a few small options. It's not really clear which way Bo's going to try and play it because you know, like we say, he's, he's he's juggling he's juggling with a lot of injured players here and trying to find the right formation to A, just get through the game, get through 90 minutes and B, try and find something, to somewhere that we can hurt Hull City.
3: Yeah, and I think if they've got Tom, Tom Eves up front, I think he tends to play on his own. So therefore I'm assuming that their aim is to get balls into him from wide. So then it's whether you set up with a four at the back and just have one or two men in the middle to to mark him or whether you play with your wing backs and ask them to work quite defensively and close down that, that outside space and stop the balls coming into him in the first place. So that's what Bowyer needs to work out. For me, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I assume he didn't bring Morgan on on Tuesday because he's planning to start him or at least have him involved on uh, tomorrow night. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start. Maybe Joe Ledley as well, again, having had a best part of a week since he last played. Um, so I could see those two coming in, perhaps resting at a Darity and maybe a Pratley. Um, or playing Pratley alongside Gallagher and Ledley and uh, and Morgan and having a four-man midfield. So there's a, there's a few changes, but again, they're not our kind of Rolls-Royce players and, and that's the problem.
2: Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, you've got five seconds. Give me your prediction for the game. Uh,
3: I'll take a one-all draw, I think.
2: Well, better than nothing, I guess. But I am desperate for three points. Right, we've come to the end of uh, this evening's Big Match Preview. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the very end of the show. Tom Walling, good to see you. Cheers. We'll be back here on Sunday evening. Don't forget to look back at whatever happens against Hull. Don't forget it's a Friday night game, so don't turn up Saturday at 3 o'clock and wonder uh, where everyone is. Anyway, right, this has been the Big Match Preview. I've been Louis Mendes. Thank you very much for listening, uh, and we shall see you again here on Sunday evening.
0: (laughs) Chao <laughs>